tonight we have a very special blessing uh, in store for you. And we have a special speaker uh, that I am thrilled and delighted to bring to this pulpit for his uh, first time preaching at Tree of Life Church. And uh, very special uh, to us. And uh, he has been a member here for a little over a year and a half. And he's a wonderful young man. He is the husband to my daughter and the father to my granddaughter. And he is our son-in-law, Brother Zachary Glasgow, a man who loves God, who loves the work of God, and who has come tonight with a word from God. And if you could receive him with a warm hand clap of appreciation, Brother Zachary, God bless you. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Why don't we just go ahead and give God that praise? Come on, Lord, we love you today. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, there's nobody like you, nobody beside you, oh God. Come on, we can do a little better than that today. Come on, if he's brought you out and he's brought you through, magnify the Lord with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! It feels good to be in the presence of an almighty God. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord is so good, and I'm so thankful to serve him. He's a good God, and he's worth every bit of our praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated just for a moment. Just want to take a moment and give honor where honor is due. First and foremost, I give honor to my pastor. He is a man of God, and I'm so thankful to be to be in his church and be a part of the body of Christ where he leads. He leads with excellence, he leads with anointing, and he leads with vision. Amen. I feel a little extra blessed that I get to call my pastor again, my father-in-law. He is, he is, he's not only my father-in-law, he is my friend, and I'm thankful for him. How many of us love our pastor? Amen, amen, amen. I tell you what, I hear the question a lot about pastor. Everybody says, how does pastor act outside of church? I mean, I'm saying I've heard the question 4,000 times from anybody all across anywhere. And let me tell you how he acts. I'll tell you. He acts the same way he does behind this pulpit. The, the, the connections he makes as he walks through the aisles and chat with you and talk to you, it's not a show. It's the man of God that he is. He loves this church, and he loves each and every one of you. And I and we love our pastor. Amen. I give honor to my sister pastor, my the best and greatest Lala in all the land, which is my mother-in-law. I love her so much. She is. Amen. I'm telling you, there is a special kind of fun when you get around the old mother-in-law. She is, she is dear to me, and she is my friend. I give honor to my sweet wife. She is my very best friend. She means more than me than anything else outside of Jesus. She, uh, she, she's such a great mother. She's such a great friend. I'm so honored and so privileged to call her my wife. I give honor to my little girl. 
Letty. She probably doesn't know anything I'm saying, but she brings a special joy to my life, and I'm so thankful for her. I give honor to my Oma and Opa, brother and sister Enos. They are just pillars of anointing and God's power. They served in missions for many, many years, and God anointed them, and God did a mighty work all across Germany, and it's because of their leadership and their, and their willingness to go out and do the will of God. For them, their ministry is dedicated to the will of God at any cost, and they've, and they've done that for many years. If there's one word that I can, just, I can just call brother and sister Enos, it has to be just the word servant. You know, the world tells us that to call somebody a servant would be a negative thing. But when you serve in the kingdom of God, servant is the greatest thing you can be called. Amen. Amen. I give honor to brother and sister Buller. I love them so much. They're so dear to our hearts. And I thank, uh, so, I'm so thankful for their leadership over the cross of, what, 30 years they served the kingdom of God. And I give them honor. And we love them so dearly. Amen. 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 Lastly, I can't go without it. I have to give honor to my sister-in-law, Sophia. She is off in Bible college. I'm thankful for Bible college. Amen. She's going and she's equipping herself to go and do the will of God at any cost in her life. God's anointing her. God's ordering her steps. And I'm thankful and I love and appreciate my sister-in-law, Sophia, a.k.a. Fifi. Amen. If we want to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Amen. The Lord is so good. He is so good. If you want to open your attentions to the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verses 10 through 16. Verse 10 says, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction, and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart and labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and, br and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the barns of iron in sunder. If you don't know what the word sunder means, it to, means to separate, to break apart, to, to be apart of something else. My next verse will be Colossians verse 4 and 18. It says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my, with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to speak on a simple subject. Remember my chains. Lord, I love you today, God. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy in my life, God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, God, that every word that will come forth out of my mouth would be by you and by your will and by your anointing, oh God. I pray under the authority of the Holy Ghost, God, that you would open up our ears to hear your word. You would open our mind to understand this word today, that you would open our hearts to receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, we magnify and we 
we lift up your holy name. There is nobody like you, nobody beside you, Lord. We exalt and we bless your wonderful name in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Clearly, we're talking about remember my chains. If you can understand that there are chains in life, there are things as physical chains and there are things as spiritual chains. Physical chains are things that a lot of times people who's done something bad may be put with physical chains. They will chain up their wrists and they'll chain up their, their, their body and their legs so that they can stop doing whatever it is they're doing. It's a way to stop somebody from going somewhere, if you will. But I believe that there is something in, there's something about spiritual chains that we deal with every single day of our life. It's a chain that does a lot similar to what regular chains does. Its purpose is to stop you where you are. A spiritual chain is is dedicated to stop you from wherever God's calling you to be. It's something to hinder your relationship with God. Chains are something we deal with, and I can challenge everybody in the room today that eventually in life or, or in your past, God, you have been bound by some form of chains. If it's physical or spiritual, you have been bound by chains. But I come today to tell everybody in the house of God that you do not got to be bound by chains the rest of your life. You don't got to be held down by chains in your rest of your life. I've come to tell somebody today that God's a chain breaking God. Amen. He has not come to let you be bound by your chains and let it be on your shoulders the rest of your life. He's a chain breaker and he desires to break every chain in your life. You know why that is? It's because God desires his people to be free. Free. You're called to be free. You know why you're called to be free? It's because you were created in the image of God. And guess what God possesses? Freedom. Freedom. He's a free God and we are created in his image. So with that, we need to be free. So I don't know what your chain is. I don't know what your circumstance is. But what I can tell you is that God desires you to be free. So if you're bound by some form of chain in your life, you better believe in the name of Jesus. That can be cast down. That can be set free. God can step into your situation and break every chain in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I remember being in high school. I had just started to serve God. And I was, if you were a popular kid in school, I had a lot of friends and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, I was a goofball, whatever. Long story short, I, when I began to serve God, I noticed that people would drift away from me. The people that I once thought were my friends would drift away. They no longer wanted to be my friend because I didn't act or talk or do the same things I once did. And, and, and as, as the more I kind of processed that, I wondered, why, why am I losing my friends? And then, but to God be the glory, he put people who's supposed to be in my life, and I give them praise for that. But there was this one particular Monday. We had, you know, typically on a Monday we'd come into school and most of us would ask our friends, what did you do over the weekend? I did that. And my friends, they would, they would talk about, hey, I went to so-and-so's house and we drank and we partied and we, and we did this or that, the worldly things that teenagers do now. And they got to me and they said, Zach, what do you do? What did you do for the weekend? And I said, well, 
I had a youth rally on Friday. We had a youth event. We went canoeing on Saturday. And on Sunday, we had church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. The greatest weekend there is, if you ask me. And I remember that lady, and I promise y'all this what she said. She looked at me, and she said, wow, what a terrible weekend. I said, puh, you don't know nothing. And she, and she, and she just kind of bashed my weekend, and she said something that intrigued me. She said, Zach, you're this new, when are you going to get over this whole new Zach thing? When are you going to stop putting on this show? Never. Come on, never. And she said, you're bound by your religion. She said, you're, you can't do anything. You don't even know what joy is. And I went, well, somebody doesn't think they tough this morning. And I got to thinking about that. I'm just a young man in faith. I'm just trying to please God. And I've got somebody over here telling me I'm bound by my religion. And that I don't find joy. And at first I said, I looked at her, and I, and I didn't say it because I wasn't trying to start nothing crazy. But, but I got home and began to think about it a little bit. And then I got to thinking, I don't believe in religion. There's no such thing as religion, Pastor. All I know is that there's one God and his name is Jesus. There's a, when I get to heaven, there's only going to be one man on the throne. His name is Jesus. And, and there is no Buddha, there is no Muhammad, all of that is fake. They just worship something that, that doesn't exist. But can I tell somebody, there is a God, his name is Jesus. There is no religion, none of that's real, but there is a Jesus. And he sits on the throne. Amen, amen, amen. And then I thought, bound by my religion. Bound, that's a strong word. Because, Pastor, I, I was confused the word bound because the more I looked past on my life, I realized that I was bound back there. When I was bound by alcoholism, when I was bound by change, when I was bound by all of that, that was the real binding. But now I serve a God who broke everything. And now, and now, wherever I am, I can lift up my hand. And I can lift up his name. And I can dance. And I can shout. And I can magnify the Lord. How are you going to tell me I don't have joy? Your joy comes in worldly things, but my joy comes in the Lord. I'm free in Christ. I'm free indeed. No, no, no chains are holding me. Thank you, Lord. I've come to tell somebody in the name of Jesus, you do not got to be bound by your chains. You don't got to be bound by your past. God desires his people to be free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mark 5 and Mark 5. There's a man by the name of what they would say Legion. And Legion was possessed by a demon. And what Legion would do is they said they tried to hold him in chains, but they couldn't do it. So they would bind him up on his, on his feet and his hands. But, but Legion was strong. He, this, the demons running his body would just break the bars of chains out of his life, out of, off his legs and off his hands. And Legion, they said, was a wild man. He would, he would run the mountains. And, and But there was this one particular day that Jesus decided to walk by. 
And when God walked by, Legion looked at God, and the Bible says that he ran down and worshipped him. He ran down and worshipped him. And the Bible says that God not only cast the demons out of him, but he sent them to some pigs, and they ran and drowned in water. Can I tell somebody something about chains? He may have not had physical chains. Physical chains could not hold him, but spiritual chains did hold the man. But can I remind somebody today, it does not matter what you did. God didn't worry about what he did to get there. The only thing he worried about is how he's going to fix the problem. Can I tell somebody today, it doesn't matter how bad you messed up. It doesn't matter how far you're off. It doesn't matter how bad you did it. If you were in church, came out of church, and trying to get back in, you better believe in the name of Jesus. You can and shall be delivered by every chain in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a chain-breaking God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a delivering God. It doesn't matter how bad your alcoholism was. God will hear you in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter how bad your, how bad your addiction was. God will heal it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can't, I can't sit up here and preach on chains without thinking about Brother Jared over there. Jared, wave your hand for us. Brother Jared, if most of you probably know the story, but if you don't, Jared's not supposed to be right there. He's supposed to be dead, but God. Hallelujah. Jared, if you didn't know, Jared was in a car accident years and years ago with his precious wife. And guess what? They told him he wasn't going to live. They told Jared he wasn't going to live. But what happened? The church started praying. But what happened? A young man by the name of Aaron Williams would walk upside the bed of Jared. And he would grab him by his head and begin to pray as if he was Jared. And you better believe every chain fell out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They told him, they told him it's going to be in a vegetable state all of his life. Jared, are you in a vegetable state? No, sir. Children wave their hands. Children wave their hands. That's a miracle working God. Hallelujah. You think, uh, come on, come on. You think, Jared, you... You think Jared runs these aisles just to get your attention? Jared doesn't run these aisles to get your attention. He doesn't do it so you can look at him and think he's funny. He does it because he knows every chain that was once there is here. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? He's a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. 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 He's a chain-breaking God. You don't got to live with it. You don't got to deal with it. God will set you free tonight in the name of Jesus. I go to the woman with the issue of blood. Most of you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that she would touch the hem of his garment and virtue flew out of him. And the Bible says that when Jesus realized her, sir, he said, your faith hath made thee whole. Your faith hath made thee whole. She had an issue of blood. She was healed right then and there. Can I tell somebody right now, it does not matter what the chain is. 
I don't think you're hearing me. It doesn't matter if it's cancer. It doesn't matter if it's hereditary. It doesn't matter if they said, the doctor said he'll never be healed. You are healed in Jesus' name. Look, I'm not telling you not to listen to the doctor, but I know the great physician. I'm not telling you not to take precaution, but I believe and I know you can and shall be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know how we treat change, brother Duvall? This is how we treat change. As that continual knee pain that just kind of sits there and we grow used to it over time. That's what we do. We just, well, it's there, but I just kind of leave it off. You know, like, hey, hon, last my knee hurts, but am I walking funny? So that's how we treat change. It's just there, but we just learn to live with it. We just learn to deal with it. We just learn to let it sit there. You hear me now. It does not have to stay there in the name of Jesus. Every chain shall be broken. If he can heal the issue of blood, if he can rise up the dead to life again, you better believe your chains can match the power of God. Let me get to my point. Let me get to my point. That's how we treat anxiety and depression. We treat anxiety and depression as that knee pain, like it just got to stay there. Anxiety and depression is healed in Jesus' name. It doesn't got to stay there. It doesn't got to sit there. God will heal you tonight. It doesn't matter if it's hereditary. It doesn't matter what the doctor prescribed it to be. It doesn't matter what you think it is. If it, if you think that I can't be healed. My mother had it. My grandmother had it. It's hereditary. No, 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 no. Stop claiming hereditary illness. God will set you free. He's a chain-breaking God. He's a healing God. In the name of Jesus, if you don't believe God's a chain-breaking God, I'll give, you, I'll give you 200 examples right now. If you were once bound by chains, lift up your hand, and with God, set you free. Come on, if you were once bound by chains, but God sets you free, magnify his name. That's your testimony. That's your testimony. Go ahead. If you don't believe what I'm preaching, I'm giving you examples of the power of God. He's a chain-breaking God. But can I challenge somebody today? Now that we've established that God desires you to be free, now we've established that you've had chains but God delivered you, now I'm going to talk about how we treat others who's bound by chain. John 8. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, John 8 and verse 2. And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when he, when he had set her in, in the midst, they said unto him, Master, Master. This woman was taken in adultery in the very was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they mightn't have to accuse him. But Jesus stood down and with his finger wrote in the ground. 
as though he heard them not. And when they continued asking, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And, he, and again he stood down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out alone, one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, Jesus when Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Women, woman, where are those, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. The, the beautiful part about that is the only man really left was there was Jesus. But yet, even knowing he was perfect, he could have cast a stone, yet he didn't. Can I tell somebody today, don't you dare ever get to a place where you begin to judge somebody else's change. The second you begin to judge somebody else's change, you forgot about the change God delivered you from. I don't care who walks in this building, what they've done, how bad they did it. All I know is when they come to the altar, every chain is broken. The second you come up accusing thy neighbor of the change they're facing today, I'll tell you what it's rooted in. It's rooted in pride. Pride, 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 pride. And do you know what the Bible says about being proud? He said, God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. The second you begin to mock, the second you begin to judge, the second you come into this place and judge somebody else's chains, the same chains God delivered you from 15, 20 years ago, the second you do that, pride. But he gives grace to the humble. Thank you, Lord. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter. You can't do anything without God. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. The second you lay eyes on somebody and think he, he, they can't do it, the second they lay eyes on somebody and think they're not good enough, you better rebuke whatever that is right there because it's pride. Don't you think, don't you, you got to get back to the roots. You came into this, you came into your relationship. God, most of us come in under humble, humble circumstances, didn't we? But you better believe it, finna finish, and humble ending. Don't you think you got it all figured out. Don't you think you served God long enough to where you got it all figured out. You think that you built your business, huh? You think that you built your finances, huh? You think that you did it all yourself. But you need to get back to the beginning of it all when you had nothing and God gave you everything. You really think you've got it all figured out. You really think you've done it all yourself? Pride. Pride. God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anything in my life, anything in me, oh Lord, that doesn't please you, any time in my life, God, where I look at somebody else and begin to judge them in their situation, in their change, Lord, rebuke me in Jesus' name. For I don't look at any man less than others because I remember when I was bound by the same chain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, he's a good God. Oh, he's a good, good God. Lastly, I'll talk about sharing your chains. Hallelujah. Acts 26. 
<laughs> He's, God desires you to share every chain in your life. The Bible is made up of a bunch of people who shared when God delivered them. A bunch of people who shared and testified on the power of God. I'm thankful today. Every time somebody shared a testimony, it builds my faith. I'm thankful, Pastor, every time you talk about your grandfather and what he did and the power of God did his life, it builds my faith. It builds my faith. You better believe in the name of Jesus. If God's brought you through it, he desires you to tell everybody. In Mark 5, in Mark 5, when God delivered him out of the demon possession, you know what else he did in like verse 36? He said, go and tell your friends and family. Hallelujah. You better share everything God's done for you. You better share every time God sets you free. You better share every time God's delivered you from the enemy. You better share about how you once bound by alcohol. You better share where you were once bound by drugs. You better share when you... I wonder if somebody will begin to share when God gave you dominion over your finances. In the name of Jesus. And I'm, you know what I'm tired of hearing? I'm tired of hearing people say, my testimony isn't good enough. I'm sick of hearing that. I've served God my whole life, so I don't got a testimony. That's a lie. That's a lie. One of the greatest testimonies I can tell somebody is that you never had to go through it at all. We need to stop putting levels on testimonies. Well, this one's greater than this one, and this one's down here. So you don't share yours because, because it's really not that good. Let the people who have the powerful testimony share it. Can I tell you that's a lie? You share it. You share it in Jesus' name. A matter of fact, I'll give you a testimony we all share. It was I was born into sin and destined for hell, but God. I was born into sin and destined for hell, but God. He came and manifest himself in the flesh. And guess what he did? He walked the same life I did. He fought the same temptations I did. But he did it perfect. And he did it for me. And he did it for you. And guess what else he did? He walked it until his death. He would come and he would be knowing he would be slain. He would come and he would be accused. He would be beat up, battered, and bruised. He would have, he would have, he would be whipped in his back. He would have a crown of thorns ripped into his brow. He would have a sword slashed into his side and nailed to a cross. And he would hang lifeless. Let me tell you, God died on the cross. That's, that's my testimony. That's my, te my testimony is the gospel. He did it for me. He did it for you. But can I tell you, when he died on the cross, my friend, it didn't, it, it, it didn't end there. When they buried him in a tomb, my friend, it didn't stop there. There's more to the story. Three days later. Three days later, he rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. That's the God you serve. That's your testimony. God delivered you from. You were born to go straight to hell, but God. 
Oh, hallelujah. And that's not all to the story. That's not it, Pastor. He gives you a promise. He says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of you. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't stop there. And the promise is unto you and unto your children and all those who are far off. Let's see, I've got a promise for your baby girl. You're going to repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name if you get the gift of the Holy Ghost. It ain't for me. It ain't just for you. It's for your generations all the way up until God comes back. It's a promise for everybody. That's a testimony worth sharing. That's a testimony worth sharing. Go ahead. Go ahead, young men, young ladies. Go across all of your school. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. Tell them all about it. Tell them God came in and set you free and that they were destined for hell but God. You better share every time God sets you free. You better share every time God delivers you. I'm thankful Paul shared his testimony. Acts 26, Paul is in prison, and he's bound up by chains. It's, it's all around him. It's in his hands and his feet, and he's got the weight of chains all around, chains all around him. And guess what he's doing? He's doing all of that to share the gospel, actually to share his testimony to the king, King Aruba. Arupa. And so Paul was willing to hang on these chains. Musicians, if you'll come. He had chains all around him. And he would walk up into a king. And he would say, look, look. I was once persecuting God's people. I was voting on their death. I was the first one that cast a vote. I was persecuting God's people, and yet God blinded me on the road to Damascus. Hallelujah. He blinded him on the road to Damascus and gave him, and gave him anointing. He gave him power, and he set him free right there in Jesus' name. Verse 27 of Acts 26 says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except these chains. Paul talking to a king bound by physical chains to share what God had did for him. If we'll stand. But yet sometimes we won't share what God did for us because we don't want to lose our popularity. We don't want to share what God did for us because we don't want to lose our co-workers. The king, the king had everything, every world, worldly possession he could want. He had all the money. He had all the fame. He had all the popularity. He was a king, but yet Paul is telling him here, I wish you had everything that I have but these chains. Oh, 
Hallelujah. You got to share it in Jesus' name. Little did the king know he was maybe not bound by physical chains, but you better believe he was bound by spiritual chains. And yet Paul would get down and be chained up and be, and be hurt and broken. But he would do all of that to share a testimony to a man who ended up denying it. Oh, in Jesus' name. Remember my chains. If you're in this house today and you need God to deliver you from some things, come on down. I don't know what situation, what circumstances you're facing, but I, you better believe in the name of Jesus. You come to this altar, you can and shall be healed in the name of Jesus. I felt in my spirit to pray against. I don't know what your situation is, but you come on down to an altar where God's going to touch you and set you free. In Jesus' name, God has dominion over diabetes. If you've got diabetes and you want God to set you free, come on down right now. God will deliver you in the name of Jesus. Anxiety and depression is healed right now. If you don't have a chain to, to break off, just come down and worship God for the chains he did break off. Jesus, <laughs> Lord, I magnify your name. Lord, anoint me to share the chains that I've been bound by. Anoint me to share the chains that you set me free from. In the name of Jesus, come on, come on, somebody. I, I can hear the chains falling off. I can hear the chains breaking down right now. Your healing is in this altar. Your healing can set you free. I don't care what the doctor said you had this week. I don't care what sickness 